Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we're about to go off on Minute 22, which begins with Danny asking Angel if he's ever cooked any fools and ends with a woman's voice over a radio telling Annette, the shopkeeper, to look at Angel's arse. I've assumed that I was Doris Thatcher. Is that who it is? That's right, who I assumed. Oh, it just says voice on radio uh, in the script. Okay, that's funny. That's it's just like a random person. Yeah. I guess it could be Doris Thatcher. Maybe it's... I've, uh, never, I've never really thought about it before. <laughs> I don't know, just because like, who else would have like a walkie-talkie? But then if the shopkeeper has a walkie-talkie... Uh, yeah, I thought I assumed it was an NWA walkie-talkie. That's great. Yeah, just um, like a random NWA. Member. Oh yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's Doris Thatcher because the, it comes back later when he's when she says uh, uh, Nicholas Angel's it, it, back, back. Look Nicholas at his horse. horse. Yeah, yeah. That uh, wouldn't be Doris Thatcher, right? So yeah, it's just uh, <clears throat> I like to think that maybe in the same way that uh, that one guy has his command center, mm-hmm. the doctor. Mm-hmm. That maybe, uh, you know, there's like a lady who just has her own little command center, but just kind of like gossips. Oh, yeah, maybe. Could be. I like that. I like that. Um, so no. <clears throat> so we get a needle drop at the beginning. And yeah. uh, check this out. So the song that is playing, well, not towards the, but uh, as. Uh, during the montage. During the montage is Butterman and Angel are patrolling and Butterman is grilling Angel. Uh, the song is Dance with the Devil by Cozy Powell. Mm-hmm. Now the song, uh, the the song forms the basis of the intro song for Rasputin, which was almost the song that was in the uh, the pool sequence in Shaun of the Dead, like the pool mm. fight. So I guess he just really likes this song or this like intro. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, <clears throat> just it connected to another to a song from the previous season of the show, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and this one's an instrumental as well. Yes, released in 1973, based on the song Third Stone from the Sun. By Jimi Hendrix. Oh. I know, just you know, the Hot Fuzz soundtrack contains multitudes. It does, like to the point where, like, we've got two needle drops this week, and like, what am I going to do? Which what 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 song am I going to end this week on? Right? Yeah. Right. Do we go Baby for Tellies, or do we go do we go Dancing with the Devil? I don't know. With I don't know. The or I could ch- I could change it up midweek, but we're only on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know. Uh, we get a great Edgar Wright in line. Or, you know, just Edgar Wrightian, like, set up and pay off of, like, you know, everyone and their mums packing around here. Yeah. Like who? Farmers. And who else? Farmers' mums. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to me. So, there's a lot of cut bits in this. Oh, okay, cool. Um, there's a lot of, like, little 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 cut bits here and there. So, let me... I'm going to read the scene as it as it is in the script, which will have a little bit of repetition, but then, like, a lot of new stuff mm-hmm. as well. Um, So... Uh, so, okay. So we'll start with, um, Angel saying, I've had my, my experience, I've experienced my fair share. Yes. Wainwright says, little bird tells me you are part of an armed response unit. Angel says, what little bird would that be? Cartwright says, Andy Googled you. 
Uh, <laughs> Doris Thatcher says, I wish someone would Google me. Everyone collectively moves on. <laughs> Danny says, were you part of an armed response unit? Angel says, yes, for two years. Grave. Danny says, <laughs> did you cook any fools? And Angel says, excuse me. Danny says, did you shoot anybody? Cartwright says, shot someone. He killed someone. Danny says, no way. That's amazing. Angel says, it was not amazing. It was extremely regrettable, but the situation left, with, left me with no choice. Danny says, who did you shoot? Wainwright says, he shot a crackhead with a Kalishnikov. <laughs> um, and, then that's, and then that's when we get into the... the yeah, so it's just they kind of just cut the fat. Yeah, basically. They got, they got straight to the point. They lost kind of a, a kind of a, a losable joke with Google. Right. It's like, okay, like we get it. Like yeah. Doris loves to throw in those. Yeah. And it's one that I think they, I honestly think they probably cut because one, it's not good. It's not their best work. No, no. But um, it's not like a clever. It's no, it's no everyone and their mom's packing around here. Right. And it's, and it, and from a Doris Thatcher standpoint, it's, it's no, you should have had me show you around. I've been around the office a few times. Like, yeah. That's like at least clever mm-hmm. double entendre. Like I wish someone would Google me. It's a little not, desperate, and Doris it, isn't desperate. I think she's comfortable enough with these people to be like, I know, like I know, I like drop bombs whenever I need to. Right, right, exactly. Um, and I think the idea of talking, referencing Google as like a like a silly word is is a very dated. It does. Joke. It, it dates the movie in a movie that is mostly undated. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of timeless. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I think maybe they foresaw that and was like, yeah, let's go ahead and... Yeah, I didn't need it. Yeah, didn't need it. Didn't need it. the humor is a very timeless humor, besides, like, the 80s movie references. Right. It's all very stuff, like, you know, set up, pay off. Like, a, a, yeah. a guy from the 20s could enjoy this movie. Absolutely. And the and the thing about, uh, uh, you know, the way that the, the movie plays, like, you hear these extra bits and they just feel like... They just feel like speed bumps. Yeah. Like we're trucking along and then all of a sudden we just hit a speed bump. bump. Oh, like I'm just, you know, I've seen this movie like a hundred times and like you see these like new bits and you're like, oh, that doesn't belong there. Get that out of here. You know, how are they fitting for such a good boy? Shot stabbed by Santa. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Let's cut that out of there. Yeah. Like it really is like the movie is such a Swiss watch Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, any extra bits and we have like another extra bit actually. um, You know what? Coming up. You know what Edgar Wright movies do is they kind of personify their protagonists. You know, like baby Mm. driver is a lot works a lot like baby. Oh yeah. Sure. And, And like, yeah, if you look at hot fuzz, it kind of runs, it's so efficient and like professional and fast, mm-hmm. just like Nicholas Angel. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, I uh, I was trying to think of his other movies if they if they go sure yeah like with Shaun of the Dead's a little shaggy yeah World's End is kind of operatic and big and yeah yeah but I just mean because like in, in the way that he literally starts Baby Driver with like a tone. Yeah. Like like a ringing. Yeah. Kind of like makes the movie be inside of the protagonist's head yeah. sometimes. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, so the next bit that is cut out of the movie is after um we cut away when it goes uh uh when Danny says, What's it like being stabbed? And Angel says, It was the single most painful experience of my life. Wow, what was the second most painful? <laughs> um which Danny, Danny, when I love the way that he asks it in the in the movie because his voice cracks a little, mm. where he's just like he's just like 
And what was the second most painful? Because he's like so excited to ask and wants so badly to know the answer to this question, but is like trying to like hide his excitement and act professional. Yeah, no, it's it's like a little boy getting to like interview Optimus Prime. Yeah. Little boy. So, being Optimus Prime, what? Yeah, like what sort of difficulties? How many Decepticons have you killed? <laughs> yeah, um, you can barely contain. Yeah, it's a very and it stops him from being, you know, like a bloodthirsty asshole. Where right. you get that he's a hobbit, like he doesn't understand the weight of pain and blood and death the way the Nicholas Angel does. Because you believe Simon Pegg when he was like, it was the most, it was the single most painful experience of my life. And that's what makes it so funny. Yeah. Because you can tell for Nicholas Angel, he's like trying to empathetically like communicate to Danny like this is. There is a period at the end of the sentence. Yes. Yeah. I was stabbed. It was the single most painful experience in my life. Like even in the script, it's like I took a human life. It was very regrettable. <laughs> right. And Danny just doesn't get it. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty great. So just like in the movie, we cut after him asking asking what's the second most painful. Um, but it doesn't cut into a montage. It cuts into a scene in Angel's office. So here we go. Here we go. Cutting out more of the office. Yeah. It says, and I'm just going to read this straight through. A glum angel sits at his desk. Two men maneuver a filing cabinet into the office. A man appears from under his desk, placing a phone in front of him. It rings. Angel answers. Frank, everything all right? Angel, actually, sir. And now we're in Frank's office. Seconds later, Angel, there is something I want to talk to you about. Frank, oh, yes? Angel, I'm a little concerned that my appointment here may be causing resentment within the division. Frank, oh, really? So what do you suggest? Station, some more seconds later. Angel steps out of Frank's office. He gets the attention of the assembled officers. They stop eating their cake. <laughs> Angel, excuse me, everyone. If you could put your... If you put your... What, how do you say that? Gato? 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 I couldn't tell you. They say it earlier. I'm from Texas. The, it's the ty- it's the type of cake. Gato. Gato. I think it's gato. <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, excuse me, everyone. If you could put your gato down for a sec in order to maximize my integration here at Sanford, I've asked the inspector to permit me a more grassroots introduction. Doris Thatcher. Root. Ha <laughs> ha. See, that's a classic. That's classic <laughs> Doris. Uh, Angel, I'm hoping that getting out on the beat and familiarizing myself with the area in this, in this way might dispel any concerns about my suitability. Thank you. There's a vague affirmation murmur from the other officers. Angel, basically, I just like to be treated like any other officer at this station. Angel turns his back. A waste paper basket hits him hard on the head. The officers snigger. Angel, that could have actually really hurt someone, but thank you. Angel re-enters Frank's office. Frank looks concerned. Frank, you sure about this? Angel, yes, sir. Frank, well, I suppose we should get you out there with someone who really knows what's what, and I think I have just the man. Danny? And then we cut to them walking down High Street. Yeah. And Danny asking, have you ever fired two guns while jumping through the air? Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean... I, I think losing the office, the first mention of the office, it just like, yeah, cut everything involving the office. Yeah. Know? But then, yeah, like you kind of, you do get this extended, I don't know if you need him trying to get the team to be on his side more because this is he's very interested in it. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think 
I think I, I understand like a certain level of it. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think the movie needs it. I don't mm-hmm. think it needs an explanation as to why he's working the beat with, with, Danny. with Danny because he already said earlier in the movie that he prefers to think of his office on the street. Yeah. So like even in Sanford, I think he would believe that. Right and 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 hit the street even though he is yeah. a sergeant and you get that great like continuing the momentum of like he oh he's just been he's just been constantly berating him with questions yeah, since yeah. we saw him at lunch because yeah it kind of cuts it up in a weird way with right. the scene right and I think that um the the other part of this is uh you know it's I I like this there's stuff in the scene that I like. Uh, as far as like, I love him getting the wastebasket thrown at him and then the, saying like, that could really hurt someone, but yeah. thank you. <laughs> um, but I, uh, without it, I like the wastebasket later at the end when he's like, you cheeky fucker. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> which is one of my favorite, just gosh. Yeah. It's cause it really, it shows that he's like part of the team. Yeah. Then at that point, it's like. Yeah, um, a, which yeah. is like a better use of bringing back the waste path. Yeah, it's, waste it's, it, it's a difference between t- taking it into a rule of threes and a rule of twos. Yeah, and like, for sure. yeah, but yeah, like that. And that, and that's the thing, right? The rule of two versus the rule of three. I think that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg were realizing, like, oh, we're we're rule of two people. Yeah, we we do two. We do set two. up payoff. We do set, set up, up payoff. payoff. That's it. We don't do the rule of three. Check out his horse. Check out his arse. Yeah, the re- the rule of three. Applies to American comedies, not what we do. Sure. You know, yeah. we're a setup, payoff, setup, payoff, setup, payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they tried out the rule of three, and I, I think it just, just like messed with the momentum, you know? Right. Um, and I mean, yeah, I like, I like that he's, uh, I like that he's trying to like win them over and everything, but like, yeah, you don't, you just don't need any of it. Yeah. Cause he seems so un, un, it's like they're kind of it's kind of just a nuisance. Right. You almost get the feeling that he could just like if he could just go from beat to checking in to checking out. Yeah. It's almost like he wants to uh or it's almost like um Peg and Wright wanted to uh make sure that they that the audience knew that they knew what a sergeant's job actually was. Yes. It yeah. like it see it reminds me of something that like we would do. Mm-hmm. Where we would like write that into a script because like, well, we need to, you need that because the audience needs to know that we know what we're talking, that we're not idiots and that we don't know that sergeants don't go on beats. Yeah. You know, like, like they don't walk beats because they're sergeants. So they're de- they're at a desk, yeah. you know? Um, and, and so we would write that in there to explain why he's doing this beat cop yeah, thing. Yeah, because I think, yeah, but, like, they don't but then, But then you go and you shoot it, and then you put it in the movie, and you're like, oh, actually, if we cut here, that would be smoother. And you're like, yep, and then you cool. just cut it. Boom. Yeah, because you just don't need it, you know? Yeah, and it kind and you see that you've kind of established your own logic already. Like, oh, he prefers being out on the streets. It kind yeah. of explains any kind of continuity, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it all goes back to character yeah, and instead just, of plot. This is like a, good, like a good thing, like a good example of like what happens when you do plot over character. Right, yeah. Is it just like, oh, we have to explain why he's on the streets? No, you already did. You said that he prefers it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all you need. Go back to the character. Right. Uh, and then I just really enjoy this kind of wide shot of them patrolling, like walking down the street. It kind of is another, it's another shot that makes Sanford look kind of big, mm-hmm. like a city. Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's like, it's like Stars Hollow. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Stars Hollow is it's like a little bit even a little bit bigger than Stars Hollow. I don't know. Well, I think it's like 
<laughs> I mean, you know, Stars Hollow seems like it's just like the square. That's true. But, I, I think but, Stars Hollow, I do just think of the square. Right. But there's like, there's more to it. You know, like the, the dragonfly inn is mm-hmm. not on the square. It's That's like, true. It's like out in the woods. Yeah. It's like out, out, out off, like on the outskirts or whatever. And yeah, I assume. Town. I assume they live. The Gilmores live in a in a house that's like somewhere off the square, like away from the square. That's well. true. Um, and I think it's the same. It's probably the same sense here um, with Sanford. I imagine that um, that uh, that that Sanford has like this sort of like village square that they're that they're walking their beat on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, uh, it would be the cold open location of every episode of the Hot Fuzz Show. Yeah, of like. Oh, then just walking their tr- beat. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Halloween, Nicholas. Oh my God. Don't talk to me about a hot fuzz TV show. That would be, <laughs> that would be like the best version of like what a sequel to hot fuzz would be. It's oh, just yeah. like a TV show. Kind of like making fun of Luther. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Good luck okay. catching them killers. eh? Yeah. Um, man, that would be great. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So then we're, uh, we uh, another bit of the of the of the the scene that was co- sort of cut out oh, is please, please. um as Danny's giving Angel his twenty questions about how he's used a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the joke is that Angel is passing people and saying afternoon to people like <laughs> as he's answering. Yeah. So like everything is afternoon. No. Afternoon. Yes. Uh-huh. Afternoon. No. Um, but obviously they couldn't get that to work without it being like a huge crowd of people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like this, the timing on it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so they just, they just cut that part That's, out that of it. That is pitch perfect. Nicholas Angel though. The fact that it's a very cold, like afternoon afternoon. It's he, he kind of does remind me of like the vision. <laughs> yeah. He understands the importance of like, he would have been good at playing the vision. I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you. Hello. 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 Afternoon. Um, he's not going to be rude and not acknowledge someone, but he's not going to give it any kind of like, hello, right? Warmth. And we get the, uh, we also get the sign on outside the shop that says that reads only one school child at any time. Stanford, very anti-child, anti-child, anti-youth. Yeah. We're, yeah, this, this place does not have a lot of sock hops. <laughs> not a lot of rock and roll records. No, you know, that, uh, this I don't... town didn't get Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that's uh I think that's definitely true. Um but uh I yeah, so I just I love that they chose to make this into a, a montage looking you know? for Alaska in Sanford. Yeah. No more than one school time child at any time. Probably takes forever to get like a Man, I used to love going to these little stores when I was in high school. There's always like one right across from my high school and I felt kind of like such a little man. Going like get like a soda or a oh, yeah. monster. Oh and yeah. Drink at like eight in the morning. Oh yeah. When I was in uh, seventh grade, there was a shop. Um, I went to a magnet school, so I went like it was like forty five minutes there. So like I had to I, the bus picked me up at like six thirty. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that life. To get me to get me uh, like on campus at like seven fifteen, and then class started yeah. at eight. So there was like forty five minutes mm-hmm. where we weren't doing anything, and so like me and my friends would leave campus and go to this shop like down the street mm-hmm. and it was like kind of a bad neighborhood sure. um and we would go in the shop and uh at the shop we would get like we'd get like sodas or whatever mm-hmm. and um and then uh at the at the checkout counter they had uh bootleg movies uh-huh. and i remember i bought scream 2 bootlegged nice at this shop 
um, near my uh, my thing. And yeah, I felt like I felt like such like a big man because I was like, I was like, man, I'm dropping 15 whole dollars. Boom, my yeah. Money. Um, I but, earned this. Yeah. But uh, anyway, no more than one school child at a time. Yeah, man. I bet one kid, if he survives, if he doesn't get fucking murked, he would he would make a really good like punk rock band. Yeah, album. yeah. Come out of Stanford. Yeah, probably. You, you wouldn't believe where I grew up. If any other school child was in the in in the shop, I couldn't be in there. <laughs> they kicked oh. me out. He's bullshit. Oh man, Dan. So okay, so so Danny's little Danny's hat mm-hmm. is and Nicholas's hat is what distinguishes them from rank. Correct. Uh, I believe so. Nicholas is wearing a sergeant's hat, and he's wearing, and Danny's wearing like a constable helmet. Yeah, he's like a he's like a Bobby. A yeah. Bobby. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. What an interesting thing to wear at your job. Hmm. A little Bobby hat. Yeah, man. It would be like God. Like I, there's only one thing I can do with this hat on. Yeah. I'm a Bobby. Yeah. It's such like a statement <laughs> i guess so yeah. i don't know man it's like i've never i've never had a job with such like an iconic uniform like i've never been like a milkman or a postman yeah that's i guess that's true oh this is my job everyone yeah. everyone's gonna know what i am i don't think i have either i'm a cop yeah that's true huh that's interesting like the closest i've come is like working at subway or target yeah or yeah but or like, like that's you know, not the like same restaurants i've worked at or i have to wear like a t-shirt with the logo on it sure you know what i mean but yeah that's not quite the same thing. Not quite the same thing. Yeah. Um, That's a real, like, these are the people in your neighborhood kind of job. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so, all right. Well, I think that about wraps us up. What kind of special uniforms have you guys worn? <laughs> yeah, let us know. Um, and uh, while you're uh, on our Facebook group letting us know, or on Twitter, um, and if you're planning on buying anything from Amazon, you should do that at duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. Uh, go there and, uh, you know, buy whatever you would normally buy at Amazon and use that link and we'll get a little cut of your purchase, which, you know, doesn't do much, but it helps us keep the lights on. It, it, it's little, just a little bit here. If everyone listening to this did it, it would be a lot. It'd be great. It would be great. Yeah. But um, you know, if you ever like, I don't want to do their Patreon, then this is like something else you could do. The next time you just happen to be on Amazon. Right. And but, it doesn't cost you anything that you wouldn't normally be spending. We're not asking you to like spend special money at Amazon. No, no, no. You're not like, and they'll pledge a dollar to freaking us or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And then the Patreon is stacked. I love our Patreon. I think it's a, I think it's a bargain. Yeah, absolutely. We du- work, we work hard to make it worth it. Yeah, we do. Duelinggenre.com slash support. Duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. And uh, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. And we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 23. For the greater good. For the greater good.